0: Yesterday, many in the Church consecrated themselves to St. Joseph. Whether it's the conclusion of the 33 days of preparation or the novena of preparation, this act of consecration was asking the Lord to welcome them so that they may be men and women of faith, that they may be men and women who rely on the powerful intercession of St. Joseph. It was an act of faith. It was an act of surrender to God. And today, as we listen and we ask the Lord to guide us through the readings, we are invited to to a deeper relationship with the Lord by an act of trust in Him, because we see that many do not, that many do not rely on the, on the Lord. They just, you know, follow the the judgment, human judgment, without really looking more deeply into their faith, looking more deeply into who the Lord Jesus is himself. He is the one who was given to us by the Father as the very mediator between himself and us, that we may be able to enter heaven through him but as we can see, there's much of division, there's much of confusion, there's much of of relying on rash judgment, which not, does not allow many to enter into a relationship with God or receive the blessings, the promises that He offers. In the first place, we see the role of Jeremiah, who, as we know, the great prophet, seventh century, sixth century before the Lord before Christ who was calling upon people to rely on God, and we know that he was the one who was rejected. He was rejected even though he offered himself completely on behalf of the people, but they rejected him because they didn't like what, he, what, what they heard. He promised that unless they, they be faithful to God, they have to experience this dire consequences, this destruction because it's only under the, the grace of the covenant that they'll experience the blessings of God. Otherwise, if they place themselves outside of covenant, nothing will help them, nothing will save them. And, and here we see the, the rejection of Jeremiah because there's a plot against him, plots to eliminate him. And we know that, that his word, which he uttered, was God's word inviting people to a conversion. This is why during Lenten journey, many times we are invited to a deeper conversion to accept God's word, because God's word contains words of everlasting life. Holiness is the very foundation upon, upon which we are responding to God, because if, if holiness, that means we say, Lord, you set me apart. Give me the grace to be with you. Give me the grace to follow you. Allow the Holy Spirit to come and enter me so that I may be a man or a woman who follow, follow the Lord and receive that blessings. But in our gospel today, it's an interesting gospel, because we hear not only of the confusion, but it is in within a context of what it takes place. You know, Chapter seven of John's Gospel speaks to us of Jesus participating in Jerusalem for the feast of booths okay uh, this was a special celebration it was an eight-day celebration and 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 this is the uh, the concluding portion of that of that whole uh, episode where jesus manifests himself to the people who have gathered for the feast of booths and so now the feast of booths was one of the three pilgrimages, feasts, where it would gather many, many people from all of Palestine and even outside, people who were coming from the various, various Hellenic or Greek cities, so many would come for that celebration, because it celebrated, first of all, the God's complete provision of their harvest. It was a harvest feast, so they were thanking God for all the provisions that he has given to them, And then also, historically, they celebrated God's faithfulness that he not only provided for the people uh, throughout the history, but especially, especially by dwelling with his people in the wilderness. So here it is, you know, they recognize the fact is that they need to be grateful to God for everything that he's given to to them, but not only in the present moment, but also in the past, and especially as he provided for them and was with them during the 40 years' journey where he, he, they had nothing. In a the desert, they had nothing, and yet the Lord was able to, to provide for them the manna, the food, water from the rock. He provided for them all the provisions which they needed, uh, and, and so it was a feast of profound gratitude on one hand, but here there's a type of a painful reality you know, the the, the people, I uh, want to thank God for everything, and they thank him for being present among them, and yet here is Jesus himself. He's among them. He's the Son of God, and they do not recognize him. That's the painful reality. They, 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 they celebrate that they're so grateful to God that he was with them, that he's with them, that he cares for them, and yet they see, they, they look at Jesus, and they do not recognize in him the very presence of God. You know, his own, God came to his own, and yet his own do not recognize him. We hear that in first, first chapter of John's Gospel, and here it's the same, same reality. And so, this is so painful to see, because, because God comes to his own, and yet his own do not recognize him why they're celebrating, you know, they're doing all these external things, you know, they're, they're too busy celebrating what they're supposed to do, and yet they do not recognize, and this is what Jesus says, because you don't have the love of God in your heart, because you don't have the love, and you don't have that relationship. You do things, you perform nice, you perform nice celebrations, everything is beautiful, you know as one 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 minister once told me he says sometimes people worship their worship because it's so nice everything is nice but they do not recognize the god whom they are to honor whom they are to worship and so this is what we have today why did they recognize they they say they said that, you know some in the crowd who heard the, the words of Jesus who speaks to them you know, I, I am the, the living, uh, I, come to, to me, come to me, and I'll provide to you living water. I will provide for you, you know, the, the the true fountain of life, which is which is God's gift of the Holy Spirit, God's gifts of grace. The things that Jesus says to them, they say, okay, he's, he's incredible, he's, he must be a prophet, uh, that many, many, many speak about him, because because it is, come to me, come to me, meaning come to me so that you will receive the, the living waters, the living, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And from the Holy Spirit, the gift that you receive will flow living waters within you, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, we know it's a river of love, the river of joy, a river of peace will flow within the heart of the one who believes, a river of patience and a river of kindness, a river of kindness. River of gentleness, because these are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. so when you welcome the Lord Jesus, you are welcoming the incredible gifts which come from the Holy Spirit. so it's a goodness and faithfulness, self-control, all those wonderful gifts that are part of of that special giving gift that God wants to have and so to believe in Jesus is actually to welcome everything that God the Father has prepared for us through him and and, and in, the, in a special way for for the spirit that Jesus gives, gives to us, the spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, here it is. People respond by saying he is someone special, because the way he speaks, the way he teaches is extraordinary. But then we have a dilemma, okay? Some say he is a prophet, he truly is a prophet like Moses, because Moses also provided food for them, as we know, the manna and, and, and provided the water uh, from the rock. He's a prophet, he speaks on behalf of God. But then others say he's the Christ, he's the Messiah. But others say, well, if he is the Christ, then he, he, he comes from Galilee. And Galilee is not Bethlehem. Galilee is from the north of Israel. And so he says no one can come. There's no prophecy that that speaks that the, the uh, Messiah will come from Galilee. And so does not scripture say that Christ will be of David's family and come from Bethlehem, the village where David lived, not from, Gal- from Nazareth? No one comes from Nazareth and so in this case what we have is 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 people who are discussing these things people who are who know scripture and yet they do not welcome him why because of of rash judgment no one is asking for a deeper understanding who this jesus is everybody's taking it on a sort of shallow level and and you know and then even even the the, the 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 religious leaders who send the the, the temple guard to arrest him, uh, and yet the guards themselves do not arrest him because when they hear him speak, his words are of such extraordinary beauty, and and that they touch the deepest levels of the heart. You know, the temple guard is simple people, and yet and yet they disobey orders. Why? Because something else, the Lord touched their heart with this truth, the simple people who seem to welcome him, and yet the religious leaders at that time, they cannot accept him, because why? It's because he doesn't fit, Jesus doesn't fit the, the description of who they would wish to see when it comes to being a messiah who is he supposed to be as a messiah. They, the Lord doesn't seem to to, to, to to be welcomed by them because they see, okay, well, here's someone who disregards the uh, Sabbath laws and does miracles on Sabbath or, or tells people, you know, it's like the one who was, who was crippled for, for 38 years. He takes, pick up the mat and walk. He's walking with a mat. A holy man cannot say that to him because we know that he disregards the laws of Sabbath. There's all kinds of misunderstandings here which, which flow from, from the people who do not really know him. And then not only that, but, but uh, they want to condemn him. They want to condemn him. And this is when Nicodemus today in our gospel, as we know that Nicodemus is one of one of the Sanhedrin leaders, who is a man of the man of the governing body of the, of the, of the Jerusalem. Uh, he, he comes to Jesus, as you know, but he does not have the courage. He comes secretly at night and he asks him, who is he? Because he seems like he looks upon Jesus as perhaps this is the Messiah, he's the Christ but he's ashamed or is afraid to come and speak to him directly. So, at night, he comes to Jesus, and Jesus speaks to him that whoever accepts him, he has to be born again. He has to be born anew. For God so loved the world that he gave us his son, and, and, and this son, we need to welcome him in faith. And so, we see Nicodemus here. He wants to defend Jesus so that he would not be condemned, and he says, since when our law condemns a person before hearing him, which means Nicodemus wants to introduce to the leadership of the Jerusalem temple that, that, that they have to be careful, they have to examine, they have to ask. They cannot, you know, have this just a rash judgment and say, we don't know who he is, or at least reject him outright. And so, so we have here a, a, a powerful type of invitation today to reflect on who is Jesus to us, who is He? How many people today in our world reject Him, or don't consider Him of any importance or great importance? He is one among others, or you know, one of those you know philosophers or so. And so they're missing. They're looking at Him just from the perspective of of you know external, instead of looking deeply into the truly message of God. So so today. You know we are really invited by the readings that we can't just you now look at, look at uh, you know uh, on the surface, but we have to really look into the depths. Not only do are we are to look into the depths of who Jesus is. Who is he for me? Who is he? Is he truly one of the most important gifts that God has given to me, or, or do I set him aside? You know, sometimes I think that, you know, people who really care for their business, they're all, you know, look into every aspect, making sure that they have the resources, they make sure they have the best products, the best way to advertise, the best way of of communicating this, this these gifts to others. You know, and they really take care and it's really praiseworthy. But then we when it comes to our faith we're sort of kind of just accept just very crumbs of, of what, what we can, what we have. And so the Lord is inviting us, come to me, come to realize who, you, who I am, but come to realize who I am for you, who I am for you. I want to be there for you, no matter what you are going through, whatever difficulties you have, I want to be there with you. You know, just like, you know, the, the celebration of the Feast of Booths, the people were celebrating in gratitude that God was with them, you know, because God was with them during the, the 40 years in the desert. God was with them when he provides for them food. Because if the harvest is there, that means they will be able to, to, be, to, to sustain themselves. But Jesus says there's more than bread here. Yes, we are to seek and have, you know, uh, the, the, the basic provisions, but he's asking us, seek something greater. You know, the, the that which is greater is God himself. He is our nourishment, the word of God. You know, man does not live on bread alone, but that by every word that is spoken to us by God, and the word of life is Jesus. And why? Is because our eternity depends upon that yes we can have everything we can have a beautiful house we can have beautiful you know gardens and everything else surrounding ourselves we can have all kinds of wonderful you know opportunities jobs and careers and everything else and but ultimately this will not take us to heaven this will provide means on this earth but what we need to do is look into the future and this is that future which is tied in so much with the presence of God among us, which is Jesus himself. So I think the invitation is today to to be mindful of that which God gives us, to be mindful. And then secondly, uh, today, and as you know, that the Holy Father, Pope Francis, wanted us to not only you know, honour St. Joseph, because this is the year of St. Joseph, but also he's inviting us that yesterday, as of yesterday, we began what is called a year dedicated to family, family life. Joseph as being the very guardian of, of family, he was the one who guarded the mysteries of the faith that are associated with Our Lady and with Jesus. He was the one who was cooperating with the mystery of of god among us and and he, he was the guardian he was the guardian of the family the beloved uh, spouse of of mary and and the one who took care and guarded and protected uh, the jesus who created the environment of love protection and that's what saint joseph did and this is why pope francis wished to celebrate this whole year in initiating the, at the Peace of St. Joseph dedicated to the, to the family, to reflecting on the meaning of human family, the role of human family in leading us to holiness of life, role of family to, to bring us into the values of, of the gospel themselves and, and to model our family on the, fa- on the holy family. And I think the, the, the Holy Father's uh, desire and wish is that we would deepen our understanding of what family is, that we'll look into the into the documents of the church and reflect and realize what what the, the role of the family is to be. So we may then today, as we look both at the readings today, which we're invited to follow Jesus, to accept him as our Messiah, as the one who is was to come, and he has come as the Lord himself, who is the life-giver, because it is through him that we have everything, that we will also be mindful and reflect on the role of, of, of a holy family in leading us, guiding us to deeper appreciations of our own family. So may Our Lady today and St. Joseph intercede for us, that we may come to know her Son, to the Son the Son of God, that when we accept Him, we accept the depth of God's love for ourselves, that we accept the gifts that He gives to us, so that when we accept Him, the river of love will dwell up in our hearts, that the river of joy will be there, the river of peace that comes because only God can give us, the river of patience and kindness, the river of gentleness and goodness, a river of faithfulness, a river of self-control. All these things will flow within us, and they'll flow out of us to others. That will be, that is our mission, as we accept the Lord, accept his gifts, that we may be able to be the givers of these gifts to others through the power of the Holy Spirit, because that is ultimately the mission, the goal of our life here, to help one another, to attain salvation, because by accepting the Lord, we accept the giver of life and giver of eternal joy.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org.